Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Morning is how to thrive in the midst of a storm. Um, so that's what I want to talk about today. If you live long enough, that's only 10 or 20 years, you will go through a storm. Most of us will go through more than one storm. I read in a book that I read years ago, it says, in life there's one of three states that you're in. You're either preparing to go through a storm, in the midst of a storm, or coming out of a storm. And that is true because there are always things happening. There are always things changing in life. Some people who were alive yesterday are not alive today, and those who love them are in the midst of a storm. And so you think about it, uh, these storms, although they can include natural disasters and weather-related storms, most of the storms that we are going to uh, encounter are going to be relational upheavals. It is. Why? Why is this the case? Because life is about relationship. I don't know if y'all figured that out yet, but everything we do in life, buying homes, cars, toys, uh, gifts, jobs, uh, leisure time, whatever it is, is really all about relationships. And so most of the storms that you and I are going to go through will have something to do with relationships. I don't want to get too excited before I get started, you know. So when we think about that and we think about relationships, we think about not how to just survive in a storm, but how do we thrive in the midst of a storm? How do we thrive in the midst of a storm? I'm going to take a text from Psalm 55 uh, in a moment here. I'm going to read that entire psalm to you because there are some things that I want you to hear in the middle of that text and throughout that text that's going to be important and related to what I want to speak about today. But now, before I go to that text, I'm going to answer the question that I know you're asking in your mind, what does it mean to thrive? Because we have all different ideas about what it means to thrive. So I went to the dictionary, and it says, thrive is defined as to grow, or develop well or vigorously. That's one of the definitions. To prosper, that's what most of us think about. To flourish, to gain wealth or possessions. A lot of us think about that. And this is the one that I really like. It says to progress towards or realize a goal despite of or because of circumstances. I'm going to read that to you again. To progress towards or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. 
You see, when a storm comes, there's many different reactions that people have. And I'm talking about natural storms. There's many, I mean, just think about it. We just had a couple of them come through in the last uh, month and a half, two months, you know. And all you got to do, you know when a storm is coming. If, if you didn't have a radio or a TV or anything, you would know when a storm is coming because all you got to do is go to the supermarket. People are acting crazy like they done lost their mind. People coming out with cars filled up like they ain't never going to have water again. It's almost that people get into a state of panic. Okay? But I want to talk to you about how to thrive, you see? When you walk away today, I hope that you will understand some things that will help you to thrive in the midst of a storm. However uncertain, however unstable, however much upheaval your situation is, and some of you right now either that are listening online or are in here are going in the, are in the midst of a storm. Some of you are. It may be a big storm or it may be a small storm, but some of you are in the midst of a storm. Storms come in different ways, you know. It be, can be betrayal. It can be lies. It can be abuse. It can be loss. It can be separation. It can be attacks. It can be all of these things that are levied against you, all of these things that are happening in your life circumstances that cause you to come into a place where you feel like you're in a whirlwind and all you're trying to do is find some rest and some relief and some joy. And now you can't, you look this way and all you see is darkness and all you see is trouble and all you see is a swirl of life going around. Bible knows a little bit about that. And so I want to read to you Psalm 55. Before I read that, though, I want to let you know that this was a psalm of David. And after I read it, I'm going to lay down the circumstance by which he wrote this psalm. So if you could put that up on the thing, let's start with verse number one. And this is out of the New Living Translation. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me. For I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. Any of y'all ever felt like that? Hmm? Any, anybody in the house ever felt? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody in the house ever felt like that? He says, my heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. And sometimes, though it may not be a physical death, you feel like there's a death going on and that your heart is pounding within you. 
because you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to find relief. You're trying to get things settled. But the wind is still swirling. The wind of life is swirling around you. It says, fear and trembling overwhelms me. I've been there. And I can't stop shaking. I've, I, I've ministered to people that have been there. I've been there myself. When you can't stop shaking, you know, the financial uncertainty, the this uncertainty, job just got taken away. Whatever the case, just lost your child, just lost your husband, just lost your wife, just lost your mom or your dad or a close friend or a sibling, either to death or to relationship. And you're trembling. And you start to ask, what did I do wrong? What's going on? It says, oh, that I had wings like a dove. Then I will fly away and rest. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. Then I will fly away and rest. Next verse. I will fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from this wild storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, and frustrate their plans. For I see violence and conflict in the city. Its walls are patrolled all day and night against invaders. But the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. How many of you have, have experienced that, huh? Yep, yep, yep. Right in your own family, right in your own circle of friends. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. You see, when you know somebody don't like you, you can deal with that. But when you figure out somebody should like you, but they don't like you, that's a little bit harder to deal with. You're like, bro, you my bro. What, what's up with that? You know? It's a harder thing to manage. It's a harder thing to deal with. We're family, but family is like, uh-uh. It's a harder thing. See? And it says here, it says, it is not my foes who are arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion, my friend. See, David knows what it is to be in the midst of a storm. Or what good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. Let death stalk my enemies and let the grave swallow them alive. For evil makes its home within them. 
but I will call on God. There's a key right there. And the Lord will, didn't say might, will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. It's another key. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me, though many still oppose me. God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them, for my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. As for my companions, they betray his friend. He broke my promises. His words are as smooth as butter, but in his heart is war. His words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. I hope y'all listening. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. But you, O oh God, will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young, but I am trusting you to save me. Okay? So you can see David knows something about a storm. And understand that this psalm was written at a time when David was fleeing for his life. He had to leave his kingdom. He had to leave his place because his own son, Absalom, was committing treason against him. And his good friend and advisor, Ahithophel, was also in collusion with Absalom. How many of you know, how many of you have felt that you had to leave someplace to get away from what was going on, from the attacks, from the, 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 what was being levied against you, that you had to leave a place that you called home. You had to leave a job. You had to leave a certain environment. You had to leave some friends along. You had to leave a certain circle because you needed to get away from what was being levied against you. You can read that in 2 Samuel 16 and 17, you can read about Absalom. How, how disheartening, how troubling, how much do you think that affected him? His own son wants to kill him and take away his throne. His own son, who he loved. So you see, when our kids turn against us, there's a love that just won't leave us, even though they hate us. And we go through this upheaval. We go through all of these things. But Daniel wasn't the only one that went through storms. How about Joseph? I think Joseph went through a couple of storms. He goes out to see his brothers and his own brothers leave him for dead. Hmm? 
How do you like that? You try to do the right thing, and because of envy, because of jealousy, because of all these other things, even your own folks are coming against you. Even your own folks are ostracizing you. Even your own folks will say, we don't want you around us. It's disheartening. It's troubling. It sends you through a myriad of emotions and a myriad of thoughts. And then, then, and then after that, Joseph was like, okay, I recovered from that storm. I'm doing well. I'm in Potiphar's house, and I'm doing well. I'm the man in charge. I got it going on. It's all under my authority. And then because of lie of a person, he loses it all and is thrown in jail. How would that make you feel? Wouldn't you feel like you're in a storm? Wouldn't you feel like there's things raging around you? He said, I didn't do anything wrong. I did the right thing. And I landed in the wrong place. You see, we go through those things. We go through those things. Child comes in and says, Mom, Dad, I'm gay. That's almost a mic drop for a lot of people. And you began to go, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? Why can't this, why, why did he go that way or she go that way? Why, why? And all the why start to rise up inside of you. And you start, what will people think of me? What will happen to me? How will I deal with this? What will I do with this? And it's like a whirlwind going around you. And you're trying to find a solution. You're trying to find a way to anchor yourself. You're trying to find uh, some rest in it. I believe Daniel knows a little bit about storms. See, uh, Daniel was snatched away while he was still a teenager and taken to a foreign land. He was separated from his family. Some of you know about that. Some of you, even as a child, were separated from your family. Somebody says, I don't want this child that I just birthed. I'm putting it out there for whoever wants it. And that child grows up going, what's wrong with me? Why does my own love me? Why didn't they keep me? Why, 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 why did they give me away? What did I do wrong? Well, divorce happens. And the children go, is it because of me, mommy? Is it because of me, daddy? What did I do wrong? And all these emotions start to stir up inside of you. And you shudder and you can't eat and you can't sleep. You can't find rest. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I believe Job knows a little bit about it. See, Job was a righteous man. And unbeknownst to him, 
The devil says, I want to show you, God, that he's not as righteous as you think. And God said, oh, yes, he is. And I'm going to show you. You see, we read Job and we go, well, Job going to get the devil portion. But Job was living in it and he didn't know what was happening. He didn't know what was going on. Just like some of you. Somebody's going to listen to your testimony. Somebody's going to listen to your story and say, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to think it was easy. And you're going to say, no, 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 no. It was not easy. I almost lost my mind. Because they don't know the story. You see, the thing about it is, Job, think about this. Think about this. You're sitting in your home. You've tried to do everything by the way God tells you to do it. And here comes somebody say, all your kids dead. And before you can even recover from that, another guy come, all your cattle's gone. And before you can even recover from that, all your sheep is gone. And before you can recover from that, all of this is gone. Can you imagine the whirlwind? Can you imagine the storm that was going and whirling around him? And then just as he felt he was recovering, then his body gets attacked with all kinds of sickness and disease. You see, when somebody, when you go to the doctor and it seems like life is going along okay, and they diagnose you with a terminal illness, takes you into a storm. What did I do? How do I get past this? How do I go through this? How do I endure this? Hmm? What do I do? My life is ending. And I, I, I don't have control of it. See, that's what storms does. When a storm comes, you don't have control of it. When a hurricane comes, none of us know how it's going to hit or what it's going to do. None of us are able to control it. And that's the fearful part. That's the unnerving part of being in a storm. So I want to give you some pointers on how to thrive in the midst of a storm. Because that's really what it's all about. How do we thrive in the midst of a storm? How do we make it to our goal? How do we prosper? How do we make it not just survive, but how do we thrive? You see, when Daniel came out of the lion's den, he was thriving. You see, when Joseph came out of the prison, he thrived. You see, when uh, uh, Job finished with all of this, he got the double portion. There is a way out to thrive in the midst of your storm. I'm not saying you won't go through the emotions. I'm not saying that you won't go through difficulties and sadness and hardship, but you can thrive in the midst of it. Point number one. Be aware and don't ignore the signs of a coming storm. You see, in Jeremiah chapter 4, Verse 12, it says this. 
is a roaring blast sent by me. Now I will pronounce your destruction. Our enemies rushes, rushes down on us like storm clouds. His chariots like whirlwinds. His horses are swifter than eagles. How terrible it will be, for we are doomed. Jerusalem, cleanse your heart that you may be saved. How long will you harbor your evil thoughts? You see, Jeremiah was trying to warn Israel that there was a storm coming because of the way their hearts were towards the Lord. Don't ignore the signs of a storm. Don't ignore the signs that something's coming our way. You know, just like meteorologists, they are responsible for warning us when a storm is coming. And you see it day and night. They're trying to track. They're trying to find out. They're trying to figure out what's kind of, how bad will a storm be, what the winds will be, where is it coming from, which way will it turn. There are storms. There are warnings of storms in life, relationships. And they are important for you not to ignore them. I'm going to give you some, some examples. Point number B. When you see changes in behavior, desires, communication, activities, pay attention. Pay attention. If all of a sudden... Your child doesn't want to be around you. For all of us, it's not just that they're growing to be a teenager. There may be a storm coming. If all of a sudden now they just want to be locked up in their room, and when you come in, they're going, uh, 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 why, why are you coming in? There's signs of a storm. You see, when your husband or your wife can't explain where they've been, But they've been gone for hours. Signs of a storm coming. When all of a sudden there's no more hugs, no more kisses, no more, hmm, honey. Signs of a storm coming. When all of a sudden your friends no longer want to be around you or be with you. And every time you say, hey, what you doing tonight? What are you doing this weekend? They say, oh, nothing. But then you look on Facebook and you see that they were out at some party. They were out here. They were out there. The signs of a storm coming. See? When in the workplace things are starting to shake and all of a sudden you start to see, uh, you start to see leadership making a lot of changes is signs of a storm coming. I've been through that a couple of times. This last, the first time I didn't see the storm, the signs of the storm. And I got caught up in the storm. When my boss says, hey, hey, Keith, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, this could be good or bad. And he says, uh, unfortunately, we got to lay you off. 
And it always seems to be not at the right time. You notice that? They always want to lay you off or cut you off, not at the right time. You say, if I had six more months, I could have been prepared for this. But this time, (laughs) I saw the signs of the storm. And my company says, if you're this age and you've been with us this long, you can retire. I was like, I'll take that. (laughs) And because I talked to some friends of mine, and a year later, they were laying off and you didn't have the options that I got. You got to be aware of the signs of the storm. Don't ignore it. Like when I see some people, they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, they say, well, Ian is coming. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to drink a beer and do this and do that. There no preparation, no nothing. And then the storm comes and washes everything away. You have got to be aware of the storm. People get caught up, and now they're going, help me, help me, help me. Why? You didn't prepare for the storm. Preparation is not panic. There's a difference in preparing and in panic. Panic, it means you just run around. You got no plan of action. Preparation says, I have a plan, and I'm going to put it into action. So that's number one. Number two thing, this is all about preparing. I want to talk about the preparation now. The key factors of preparing for a storm. And if you look in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 26, it reads like this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is, it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes, it torrents. And the, water flo- and the, water, and the flood waters rise. And the wind beats against the house. It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. You see, people that live near the coastline, they build their house differently than people who live inland. Because they know when the storms come, they have to have a different foundation. They have to have a different structure. They have to be ready for that because they anticipate that when the storms are coming here in Florida, people who live on the coastlines, they prepare differently. They live differently. Their house are structured differently. So I want to give you some keys in preparation. Have a strong knowledge and belief in the word of God. If you don't have the word as an anchor, you will be washed away when the storms of life come to your life. If you are not anchored in the word, you will look for anything and everything. 
But if you are anchored in the word, if you know the truth, it is the truth that will set you free. If you know the truth, you can be anchored in the truth. I remember the old song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And then the, the, the chorus says, on Christ I stand. The solid rock, all other ground is sinking sand. You better be in the word. Don't wait till the storm comes and then get out your Bible. Don't wait till it's happening and then get out your Bible. Be in your Bible daily. Be in your Bible now. Get yourself anchored in the Word so you won't have to run to Pastor George or Pastor Keith or Pastor Lewis or Pastor this or Pastor that. But the Word is in your heart to sustain you. We are only here to help get it in you. We are not here for you to come to us. You know, as a counselor, I, I counsel sometimes, and I always tell people, my responsibility as a counselor is to get you to a point where you don't need me. See, if, if, if your counselor keeps saying, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, keep coming, keep coming, they're just out for your money, probably. They're not just trying to sustain you because the, the thing about it is we're supposed to get you to a point where you can stand on your own two feet, where you're rooted and grounded so you can be like a tree planted by the river. Get in the word. Don't rely on my word. Don't rely on this person's word or that person's word or another person's word, but get in the word yourself. You see, people read that study to show yourself approver, workmen not needing to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the truth, and they think it only applies to pastors. No, that applies to you. Get in the Word. Get with the Word. Okay? Use the Word. Live by the Word. Don't, don't, don't say, well, I know that scripture, but I never, I never walked in that scripture. Well, you don't have the word. <laughs> you have knowledge, but you don't have wisdom. It's not until you walk in it that it's in you. So get the word. Second thing, be filled with the Holy Spirit because he is your comforter. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He is the one who is supposed to comfort you. I believe it's in John 14, verses number 15 through 17. It says, if you love me, obey my command. And I will ask the Father, and he will send you another advocate. In the old King James, it says comforter, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, 
but you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. Develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, develop that relationship. Because, see, there may be a time where you can't run and get your Bible. (laughs) But if you allow the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into all truth. He will lead you in the right way. If you learn to listen to his voice, if you learn to pay attention to the unctioning of his spirit, you will be led. And in the midst of your storm, you won't have to wonder what to say or what to do because he will lead you in the right way. He will let you know what to do. And when all your friends are saying, go this way, and all the prognosticators say, go that way. Holy Spirit goes, hold on a minute. There is a way. And sometimes men will plan their ways, but it leads to destruction. But if you are led by the Spirit of God, you know, that's why I love my wife. My wife, was, she, she's led by the Spirit so many times. And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm running over here. Hey, what, what do you say? And I'm running over here. What do you say? Oh, oh, let me do some research. And she's saying, God has already told me what to do. I'm like, okay. What did he say? <laughs> and it's so simplistic. I'm like, no. No, that can't be it. That, that, that can't be it. Let me do some more research. And she's like, okay. And she looks at me like, go ahead, dummy. <laughs> and after doing some more research, I come back. I say, no, I think he's right. So, like, I know he's right because he's truth. And so what I'm saying to you is take some time beforehand to develop that relationship with him because it says that my sheep hear my voice and know it. You see, in the midst of a storm, there are many voices that's going to speak to you. There's a voice of your human spirit. There's the voice of uh, of the demonic spirits. And then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. You better be able to discern which spirit is speaking to you. Otherwise, you could be led off a cliff. Otherwise, you could be led into deep depression. You see a lot of people that drink and smoke and own drugs and all these other things and gamble and all of this. They're trying to medicate their pain because they don't have the leadership of the Holy Spirit to lead them in a right way. And so they're trying to find rest when they're in the midst of their storm. And so they turn to this and they turn to that and they turn to this and they turn to that. And all they find is more trouble and more depression and more fear and more unrest for their lives. But I'm here to tell you, if you prepare, if you spend time with him, the Bible is clear, and it doesn't lie. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what I want to know. I want someone with me. 
that's with me. <laughs> Third thing is know who you are, whose you are, and who he is. Otherwise, in the midst of your storm, you'll run around like an orphan. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? When you become a believer, you are no longer a citizen of this kingdom. <laughs> but you are a pilgrim passing through, all right? You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You better know who you are when your storm arises. You better know who you are and whose you are. You are, the, you are the child of the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. The Adonai, the El Shaddai. That's who you belong to. And the Bible says that nobody can snatch you out of his hands but they will try to tempt you to walk away from his hand. You know, there's a song that they used to sing, hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Huh? Some of y'all remember that. Hold to his hand. When you're in a storm, hold to his hand. Know who you are and whose you are and who he is. You know who God is? Huh? He is the uncreated one. He always was and he always will be. He is the one who owns. It says he holds the whole world in his hands. Nothing can stop him. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing is too difficult for him. You see, when you are spending time with him, when you get to know who he is, then in the midst of your storm, like this last storm, we, we, we did what we were supposed to do. And then we went to sleep. I slept like a baby. I woke up the next morning. I said, did the hurricane come? <laughs> because when you've done what you're supposed to do, and you know who you are and whose you are and who he is. See, it's not just enough to know who you are, but who is he? Because our life is in his hand. When you know who you are and who he is, then you can rest in the midst of your storm. Point number four. Almost done, I got one other point. It says establish a strong communication link with the Lord. If you notice in Psalm 55, David was calling out to who? Huh? He wasn't calling out to his friends. He wasn't calling out to his buddies. He was calling out to the Father. He was calling out to the Lord. He says, my reliance is going to be on him, not on you. He was calling out to the one who could do something about your situation. Now, he may lead you to someone, but I call upon him. What's your prayer life like? 
Don't wait till you're in the midst of it and go, oh, Father God, now, Lord Jesus, will you come die here today? I need you, Lord, right now. Lord, Lord going to be saying, huh? What'd you say? What, what'd you say? I can't hear you. Because when you had time to develop that relationship, you didn't. You did. But in every situation, in all of these people that I talked about, you see they had a relationship with God. And out of that relationship, they could call on him in their time of trouble, and he would answer them. And they were confident of that. The last thing in this section is to build strong, authentic relationships. Build them, build them, build them. Build strong, authentic relationships. And those relationships may not be the people you think they go be. You know, I see people from time to time. I see people from time to time that come through here and they want something. They say, I want this. Or can, you, can the church help me? I say, the best thing for you to do is connect with the body. They go, oh. I said, best thing for you to do is come on Sunday morning. Connect with the body so we can get to know you, so we can begin to be that family for you, see? Because when you're in the midst of a storm, you do need somebody to walk with you. You do need somebody that you can turn to. And turning to the Lord is first and foremost. Sometimes you need somebody to look at, somebody that can hug you, somebody that can hold you, somebody that can be with you when you're in the midst of that storm, somebody that will speak the truth in love. So develop those relationships now. One of the things that POW said that when they, when the way they they, they thrive in the midst of the, uh, being encamped in, 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 in and being a prisoner of war is to develop communications with the other prisoners of war. I was reading some of the stories about different prisoners of war and how they went through so many different ways to try and develop communications amongst the POWs. And why was this important? Because one of the things that's most destructive in the midst of your storm is isolation. Don't isolate yourself, insulate yourself. But most of us want to run away from everybody. I want to get along with the Lord. You ain't getting along with the Lord. You're getting along with you in most cases. Because you're going to pity and you'll party rather than uniting with people who could come and support you and be with you and be around you. This is what the Lord wants from us. So you see, when you prepare for these things, when you develop these authentic relationships, so when we have fellowships, when we have different things to hear, don't run out. Stick around. Get to know people. 
especially those who are really living for Jesus. Not just those who are, say they're living for Jesus. Examine their lives. You shall know them by their fruit. Those are the kind of relationships you want to build. The last point here is point number three. What to do while you're in the midst of your storm. You see, if you've done all of those other things well, then this third point is easy. Because you can remain anchored in the word when you know the word. You see, when Joshua was about to go take over and, 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 and God knew that he was going to go through some storm, God knew he was going to go through something, God said, this book of the law shall you. You meditate this book of the law. Day and night. And what he said, do not turn to the right or to the left. And what he says the result of it will be, he will thrive. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Huh? Isn't that one of the things that, that, that one of the definitions of thriving is being prosperous? God told him, get anchored in the word. And now when the storms come, huh, you have an answer for the storm. You have something to be anchored in that will not allow you to be moved by the wind of, and the swirl of life. See, when you're anchored in the Word, you have something to hold you down. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all these scriptures. The second thing is to lean into the Holy Spirit. Now you've developed a relationship with him, then lean into it. Lean on him, speak to him, talk to him. When you're in the midst of the storm, let him be your guide. It says those who are led by the Spirit will not, what? will not give in to the desires of their flesh. You see, in the midst of a storm, if you're not anchored, you could give in to all kind of fleshly desires. In the midst of a storm, people start drinking. People start doing things out of character. In the midst of a storm, you start spending money in all the wrong places, in all the wrong ways. In the midst of a storm, you may go to a relationship that you should not go to the relationship because you're in the midst of your storm, and then you, uh, you don't allow for any reconciliation of that relationship. See? When you're in the midst of your storm, lean into the one who knows it all. Call upon the Father in faith. That's what you have to do. You see, that, you see David said in Psalm 55 in verse 16, in, in verse uh, 16 and 23, he kept referring back, and I know you will rescue me, and I know you will save me. You see, David had experience with God. He wasn't, it wasn't the first time. David said, I, I got some experience with you, God. I know what you can do. I know what you will do. The reason why Job didn't lose his mind completely is because he had experience with God. And even when his wife said, just curse God and die, 
12 said, ah, oh, no, I'm not going that far. Why? Because I have experience with him. I know what he can do even though he's not doing it. You see, sometimes, sometimes, God lets you go through some things rather than you remove you from some things. And the reason why is because God's purpose for your life is always bigger than your life. I'm going to say that again. God's purpose for your life is always bigger than your life. See, the things that Job went through has helped me. Because I can go read about Job and say, okay, he, he did this and he did that. It's always bigger than your life. Your testimony is going to help somebody else. But if you've never gone through anything, how are you going to tell somebody how they can go through something? But when you have, you can give a testimony. You can guide somebody. You can help somebody. There's so time. God doesn't want to remove you through this, from the storm. He wants to help you go through the storm. More times than not, take your focus off of you. Put your focus on him. See, the problem is that most of the time, we put the focus on me. God, help me. Why don't you do this? Say, God, what are you doing, God? Let me align myself with what you're doing. Let me get on board so we in cooperation, huh? Jesus knows a little bit of something about that. Huh? Huh? When he was in the garden, he said, hey, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. He's just like us. Hey, God, I don't want to go through this storm. God, come and, come and, come and change your heart. Come and change his heart. God said, I got you. But not the way you think I got you. Because my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So that's when you got to trust in him. But if you don't have a relationship with him, you can't trust him. But when you do, you can trust him. And when you trust him, remember, it's always bigger than you. It's always bigger than you. I, 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 want, I can't help overemphasize that. Because God is saying, look, what I'm doing in your life and through your life is for somebody else's life. Why do you think God has so many of us here in the body of Christ? Hmm? Because you will speak to somebody I'll never be able to speak to. Somebody will relate to your situation that won't ever relate to my situation. So God says, I always got you because I have a purpose for your life. It is to bring life to someone else who needs life. And then when I take you through this storm of life, uh, you will be prepared to do just what I asked you to do and what I need you to do. When you go through a storm, always evaluate make adjustments. That's my last point. Evaluate and make adjustments. 
See, every time you go through a storm, I remember when we first moved to Florida. I'm closing now. We didn't know nothing about hurricane. Nothing. Yeah, I said nothing. We know nothing about hurricanes. We were from the Midwest. We knew a little bit about tornadoes and snowstorms, but we didn't know nothing about these hurricanes. And so we were doing all kinds of things, trying to prepare. But after the first couple of we like, okay, 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 let's evaluate. All right, the next time the storm comes, we ain't gonna wait till the day of to try to go get water because it's all gone. We're not gonna wait till the day of to say, let's go get some lumber to board up our windows because it's all gone. We learned a few things. And every time you go through a storm, evaluate and make the adjustments. God is always with you, even in the midst of your storm. And so for today, for those of you who are in the midst of a storm, just know that God is with you. I don't care how severe it may seem. I don't care how troubling it may be. I don't care how dark it looks. I don't care if you feel like there's no way out. Know that he holds the future. He holds your future in his hand. Know that God is able to bring you through the storm, that he is able to get you through it. He is able to allow you to go through it and prosper in the midst of it. Understand. You see, God knows everything. I say God knows everything. He knows what you can handle. I mean, you look at Job. I'm like, Phew. I wouldn't have been able to handle all of that. But God said, I, I know Job can handle that. Look at Paul. Paul was shipwrecked, and Paul was beaten, and Paul was, all these things happened to him. Paul had the nerve to say, these are light afflictions. He said, brother, you done lost your mind. But he knew God. He knew something about God's nature and his character. And so as you're going through your storm, remember who God is. And remember that his love never ends, never fails. Remember, he is for you and not against you. Stand to your feet. I'm trying to help you. Because some of you are about to go through a storm. Some of you are in the midst of a storm. And that's what I'm trying to help you through the storm so you can thrive and not just survive. I'm trying to help you understand how we get through. You see, when the disciples thought they were about to perish, and these guys knew a little bit about storms because they were fishermen. 
But when the storm started raging even beyond their knowledge and they thought they were about, they, they had someone in the boat with them. Do you have someone in the boat with you? His name was Jesus. And they looked over at Jesus and said, this brother's asleep while we're about to perish. Because Jesus knew what the outcome was going to be. You want to make sure you're in the have him in the boat. You want to make sure that you're connected with him. So when the storm clouds arise and when the winds start to rage and when they start to blow in your life situation, he can keep you and complete you in the midst of it. If you're here today, maybe you're going through a storm or you can see the signs of a coming storm. want to connect with you. We want to join our prayers with you. If that's you here today, just get out of your seat. Come on down. If you're going through a storm, if you're going through a situation, I know it can be embarrassing, but remember I said isolation is the wrong thing to do. Come and insulate yourself. We have ministers here. Those leaders, come on up. Those who are going through a storm, whether it's a relational storm, whether it's a physical storm, whether it's a financial storm, whatever the storm is in your life, we want to call you forward so that we can unite with you, so we can come before you, so we can join our prayers with you. Because God has an answer for you. He has an answer for you. You can step right on in, leaders, and start to pray for them. Maybe there's somebody watching online today. If you're going through a storm, find a man or a woman of God that you can rely on, that you can depend on, and reach out to them. But first and foremost, reach out to the Father. Through Jesus Christ. Keep coming.
yes, Lord. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.